Evan, I don't know how to do an introduction. What, what do I say? Man, just try and think outside the box. Isn't that the whole point? Aren't we a little derivative? Hello, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. My name's Jonathan. <laughs> Hello, my name's Evan. <laughs> That was really dumb. That was so bad. <laughs> That's fine. Well, to, so today's podcast is about terms and conditions. Exciting topic. Lots of big words will be thrown around that we may or may not know the meaning of. Um, but no, so what we wanted to talk about, and I thought it was a pretty interesting topic, and so does Evan, is how like everyone reads terms and conditions, but a lot of the time, obviously, not many people read them or like kind of understand all the minutiae of what they can enforce on you legally. So we figured we'd talk about just some of the fun things like that they do enforce and some stories of like how they've been abused or they've actually benefited the person signing onto their terms conditions. Um, but just like as a quick note, the difference between, this is, this is about terms and conditions. This isn't about uh, privacy policies or EULAs or any of the other stuff. Like, I don't think... Well, neither of us are lawyers, so... Yeah, I'm sure a lot of what we're going to say is going to be pretty inaccurate, but, like, it's fine. Just for general conversation. I think yeah, it's we're okay. just, just having a little chat about it, you know? Exactly. But, yeah, it's like... like yeah, because we're... Specifically in terms of conditions, because it's a fairly, like, rigid thing that everyone kind of has come come into contact well, with it's something yeah that you would interact with on a daily basis like if you use an account on a website for example like you've agreed yeah. to their terms and conditions you would have already signed one and it and all the rules and guidelines they would have set for you to use their service um actually speaking of on a the inability to read uh pages and pages of terms and conditions evan you have found a site that was pretty cool so this site is called terms of service didn't read and it's basically just summarizes a bunch of big um terms of services for you know websites that you would use pretty often and it tries to classify them in classes where a is the best and the terms and conditions are pretty solid and they don't really do anything wrong and e is the worst where this website is terrible and like you shouldn't use it or you should really consider not actually making an account so it summarizes them really nicely, and there's also like a plugin that you can use. So when you go to agree to terms and conditions, it sort of gives them to you in a concise manner. But we thought we'd just go through some of them here if you're keen, Jonathan, and we can talk about some uh, what big uh, places offer, like websites that you're likely to interact with. And which companies own your soul. Exactly. Yes. So, <laughs> speaking of owning souls, we're going to start with Google. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. So, the, the glaring ones I found with Google are they can, collect, they can collect, use, and share your location data. So, this data is pretty much just available if you've connected to them via the internet, whether it be through your phone or your computer via your IP. Uh, actually, I was going to say with um, just that, I, I just realized that condition it probably comes about because how google maps works and like i mean I, I i can't remember exactly how i found this out but i was doing some research into something similar for work i was doing and it does it by when when you use google maps or you have google maps installed only your location information is sent to the google servers and so when you're getting a path to say go somewhere that's not actually sourced from like a purely like coding um like heuristic as such it's actually sourced from paths other people have taken which have had the shortest trip time so stuff like even traffic information the reason it's up today is because everyone who, who like all the traffic information was saying 
it, these people or these routes are really slow is because people are already stuck in those routes. So pretty much they use that to protect themselves so they can track everyone's information to make Google Maps work really well. Yeah, well, fair enough. It does provide us like a good service, right? And hmm. it, it also, in saying that Google Maps tries to distribute people, like it won't send people down the same route because it'll know, like it'll clog it up and whatever. So yeah. it, it does, like it is beneficial, but um, just from like a purely user standpoint and looking at these things, they do have this oh, information and like it doesn't yeah. have to be directly used for that. So yeah, of course. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so another thing that they can do is they can read all your private messages related to anything Google. So like, I guess that'd be Google Plus or whatever. I don't know how many people Does are that really even using exist that. Anymore? But yeah, <laughs> not really sure. There's three so, people um, on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's the, the person who made it and his two friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two, only two, yeah, not three. Exactly. Two. <laughs> Um, and so they can also track what websites you visit, which is a pretty big one because even like after you've gone off of Google, obviously Google provides like a great service and like lets you access a lot of other websites, but they also track what websites you visit. And so this is sort of something I wanted to go into with you and talk about. It kind of feels like it's a necessary evil that they take this data because they would mainly use this for advertising purposes, right? Um, a big way Google makes their money is offering advertising services to other companies where they will serve targeted ads to people based on the websites they visit. So do you think this it's, is like a justifiable sort of thing? Well, the thing is, it's like as much as like it may be and like to some extent, I agree that you got to kind of give something for because you're not paying for these services for the most part. So you got to give something for getting a service in return. To make it like an, like a sustainable business, hmm, so to that extent I agree. But it's also like, especially with Facebook and some of the behavior they've shown with some like st stuff like the Cambridge Analytica incident. Exactly. With, yeah, like using your information for political advertising. Obviously. Exactly. It's kind of like it's a slippery slope where you can where they can keep saying we need to do this, we need to take this, we need to do this with your information. We do otherwise we can't do this, and they can keep saying that, keep taking more and more and more. So I think it's kind of like it's good like stuff like the gdprs there to say no this is where the line is you don't cross it but it's a hard it's a hard thing it's a, it's a, it's all new territory so like kind of determining where's like the happy medium i guess is is something to be discovered or if it has it, i guess it already has been to some degree but refining that is definitely a task yeah for sure it's definitely just part of it and like we're, we're so used to it now it's just you know based on what you search and things you get advertised that and um I don't know. It's sort of interesting though. Do you think it sort of builds you into like a little bubble of your own world where you only get served things oh. related to what you look at? Yeah, hundred percent. It's oh, it's definitely like even so, even like sites like Netflix, they use something called a recommender system. Like a lot of like it's a it's it's used by a lot of all social medias and lots of like uh, services to pretty much recommend you stuff that you will like or, or content or. Um, items that you may enjoy more or mm. pay for and so a lot of them hinge off the fact that if you interact with something you'll probably like something similar so if they can if you if you put interest in one thing they'll give you everything in that area so there's like a high likelihood that unless external sources force you to look at something different if you're purely looking at what the website or site's telling you to look at you're never going to see like the other stuff so like mm. for example when um so when i watch for a while on Netflix, I only watched like stand-up shows. Like I didn't watch any actual like 
of the next Netflix originals or any of those other shows. I just watched all stand-up shows. So all I was getting was stand-up shows, and then like some like a few like com- like cartoon shows that are like comedic. Like I think Rick and Morty came up and stuff like that. But it's 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 very like cent- like centralized on exactly what it know it knows you like. Yeah, and like, exactly. And, and like, if you're not yeah. really thinking about it as well, I feel like you can fall into a pattern of just not noticing, and you're just like, yeah, oh, this is fine. 100%. And, yeah. And, and um, like, in, in these systems, they get they actually sometimes um, the engineers, the software engineers, what they do is they actually add in caveats to kind of say, oh, throw in a random thing to kind of test the waters. Hmm. But even even that's kind of like it's 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 not a it's not an exact science. Like on that kind of like breaking down like that feedback loop of like over recommending a specific genre or whatever so yeah, for sure um, at the yeah. end of the day it is kind of just like a computer deciding what you should be looking at which mm. i don't know a lot of people wouldn't be happy with i guess it's just depends how you use whatever tools that you're using and um yeah definitely like that youtube does that as well you know you watch one youtube video and then it recommends you things based on that but we'll talk about youtube in a bit but um (laughs) just on you mentioned gdpr earlier there is one part of a lot of terms and services contracts and google's especially that says you can request access to your personal data and you can ask them to delete whatever they have on you um and this falls under something called gdpr do you want to explain that yeah so well actually i I read about the GDPR is part of my thesis, but uh, the GDPR stands for the General Data Protection Regulation. And it's basically, like to keep it short and in layman's terms, it's this agreement that pretty much allows protection of user data for EU citizens. And it's it, it's a big deal coming up because pretty much it's like the first kind of big scale instance <clears throat> of a government body saying this is how software companies should be managing user data if they have it and mm-hmm. if you don't manage it properly and don't let people delete their data off of, of your service or at least see their data or also see their data um you'll be fined so it's like hard penalties for not giving that access so because oh. i think definitely a, a, a worry in the past was companies giving access to oh sorry like you taking user data and not telling them telling them what they actually had on them yeah for sure um so like a big implication of this is companies now have to be like aware of how they're storing the data and make sure like it's in a presentable manner and be able to Mm. like delete it at people's request like Mm. specifically so um actually actually with um google they have a uh i can't remember i think it's called the google timeline it's like a site where you can pretty much look if you log into your google account you can look at everything they've ever tracked you do and it's like it's every single google search ever really? and i That's think awesome. yeah like mine it, and, and they've tracked it for so long it's like it's literally like it, it takes ages to load because it's obviously if you're using google for everything it's going to be massive but it's like it's insane like the detail they keep they track it's like it's like to the, the, the minute you search something so it's like it's i mean if you want to yeah. <laughs> if you want to go down memory lane you can find out that song you googled 10 years ago but <laughs> it's a lot of data of course but yeah, it yeah is. that's that's really it's, funny it's crazy definitely check it out if you haven't seen it yeah um so in it, the thing is though about them offering this it's like yeah a lot of people like you know they might not be happy with their data being used or whatever but who's really going to go and like access this and ask there for their data to be deleted right it's well, sort of just like it exists, but nobody's really going to tell you about it. And obviously nobody's reading the terms and conditions, so you wouldn't see it there. But 
Well, with, apps, sort of. uh, with stuff like Facebook, Facebook now have it integrated into some of the, some of their like. So when you delete your account after two weeks, if you if you don't touch it, it deletes all the data. So like it's tied into oh, like okay. people's uh, like com- big companies uh, like processes because I think the big like factor with the GDPR is that like the fines are massive. So like for Facebook, it's like it'd be like four percent of their um, of their revenue. I believe it is. Um, I'll have to fact check that. Oh, well, I'm not going to, it's a podcast. I'm not going <laughs> to fact check it. It's just going to be then someone will correct me later or maybe not. Who knows? Sorry. Um, digress. I'll digress. Um, basically it's, it's, it's a massive fine and it's like, it'll be like a large amount of their money. They got, so they don't want to risk it on like someone saying, Hey, I deleted my account, but I didn't delete my data. Why was it so difficult to delete my data? So a lot, like pretty much every international software company, because it, it, the EU is such a large portion of the consumer base, every company changed how they like operated, like mm-hmm. storing data, user data and like dealing with all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And especially like even like making new segments, like, uh, sorry, what are they called? Um, new, I've forgotten the word, um, new sectors, making new sectors in companies so they can manage like data leaks and uh, the storage of user data properly. Okay, so. yeah, sure, because I guess, like, privacy issues are a lot bigger of a thing, though, with people having more information online, and sort of what I was getting at with this sort of thing is, like, you'd be glad that it exists, but it's not necessarily yeah. something that everybody is going to be dealing with on, like, a regular basis. Oh, uh, yeah, so 100%. Just for, no, like, I, yeah. the user experience in general, like, having your data collected is part of it, and, I don't know, you just, like, accept it, you don't want to spend all this time worrying about it. Yeah, it's just kind of the, the, the modern times, I guess, where we're at. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, that sort of brings us to the next big one that we we're going to talk about, which is YouTube. And I thought YouTube was a good example to bring up about their terms of service because it's sort of a lot of people create their own content and put it on YouTube. And so, like, what... I don't know. It's interesting to see what power YouTube has over what you give them by uh, them offering a place to host whatever you create. A big part of YouTube's terms and conditions is you grant them a pretty ridiculous copyright license to whatever you upload. And so what it's ridiculous because they can use whatever you give them with a royalty-free license for promotion of the service, its successes, and its affiliates. So pretty much anything owned by Google is my interpretation of this, can use whatever you've given them for advertising purposes and it says that also this license is sub-licensable and transferable so they can just give it to anybody that they please for advertising purposes so i guess this isn't really like a big deal because it's specifically related to advertising but they can use whatever content you've given them for i don't know kind of their own purposes right i guess they already do that with uh, they already use it to some degree with like i mean i don't know maybe i don't know enough about this but like with the youtube rewinds uh, actually, no, they get, I guess they get the people to come yeah, to I think film the, that. They have people's permissions to do those sorts of things, but uh, it's probably something that they don't use that often, but it's just like mm. they have the option to do it if they ever decide to, and they can just take people's content without credit, which I guess is fine. I don't know. They are providing a service, so. But see, um, that's the thing I was talking about before. It's like it's a, it's a slippery slope where you kind of say, well, they're giving us something. Yeah. Like we can just give them that in return, and then. It's kind of they, they they chip. It can be a thing where they chip away at it and just say, oh, instead we want to be able to like even that like last clause where they can give it, they can sublicense. It's like, oh, we just want to sublicense so then these people can also use it. It's like that's mm-hmm. fine. And then they're like, oh, this is getting confusing. Then they'll just make everyone allow it. Like, and 
I don't know if it's like incorrect to say that, but it's just it's a, a thing to be wary of, I guess. Hold that thought, Jono. A word from our sponsor. In a world where the United States government is at war with the People's Republic of China and law and order are on the brink of collapse, one man will have to sacrifice everything to save the world. For to stop the United States military and the Chinese army, he will have to take the fight to the streets if he wants a chance to live. For one Mustang, one man, one gearbox versus the world. And he's going to have to drive through space and blow up the moon. And how did he get there? In a car. This summer, watch one man risk it all to save the god dang universe in Speedy and Needy. Terms and conditions apply. Anyways. So another big one that YouTube has is they can remove any of your content without notice, which... I guess it's fair enough from them because they're the ones hosting it, but it sort of has troubling implications because you might be using YouTube to like back up things that you've done and it would suck if like they just deleted a bunch of it. But just you watch don't really video have get deleted. Exactly. You don't really have any control over it, which is yeah, I don't know, troubling because if you've put a lot of work into something then it can just go away without your you knowing. So I wonder um, why they have that in there. I guess it might be to delete like certain malicious content or there's like exactly. a few reasons they could kind of pull up for why they would need that. But it's also, yeah, yeah, it is it is fairly worrying that they could just be like, I don't, we, we don't like what this kind of represents. Of course. Delete it. You, you would hope a rogue employee just wouldn't really like dislike someone's channel and take away all of their videos. I wonder if there's actually a process to it as well. Is it could it could could any sort of like a staff member just be like, I don't like that, delete it. <laughs> yeah, you'd hope not, right? Yeah. Rub, 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 rub one person the wrong way we, and your whole channel's we, gone. We have to please the YouTube overlords so they don't delete this podcast off <laughs> <Exactly>. YouTube. <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. um, and so another big one is if you delete a YouTube video, it's not actually gone. So if something's uploaded to YouTube, they have it forever. And so you can't get rid of that. Which... Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any huh. thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, that's just, I'm just, I'm a little shocked. I'm just thinking of like, imagine every single, like, like there's a lot of stuff uploaded to YouTube. That's a lot of, that's a lot of like media that they will never, like probably no one will ever see, mm. but they just have. Like I just, it's, that's just crazy. And it's, I'm sure there's a lot of things that get uploaded there that get like removed automatically because obviously it's wildly inappropriate, but it's still there. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Uh, I guess it'd be like to some extent useful for like, like law, not like cybersecurity and law enforcement to kind of figure out like stuff uploaded there and like track it down if it, even if it's deleted or whatever. Yeah, but even of course, still, I'm sure there's like a lot of legal reasons. It's it's just like a whole. That's just. That, that, that took a whole another can of worms of like <laughs> the, sure. the, the absolute like nightmares that could come of that. But mm. anyways. Um, yeah, anyway. And so now just a little more generally quickly, we'll go through some common ones that a lot of places have. So big one is terms can be changed at any time without noticing the user. So if you've made an account before and like you've agreed to their terms of service in the past, they can just change any parts of it and without noticing you and do as they wish so you would hope that this doesn't get used for like malicious intent they just change it so they you know in for google's example they can like do whatever they want with your data or things like that um 
Another funny one is companies can sell your personal data as part of a bankruptcy proceeding. So what I see from this is if they're all of a sudden in a bad spot, they can just sell your personal data to advertisers to advertise to you, which I don't know. It sort of seems silly because like you've agreed to give them your personal data for them to use, but then they can just decide, you know, only in bankruptcy. Just imagine Airbnb like going bankrupt. It's like, we know where all these people are living right now. Get them. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Airbnb is one of the places that has this. So I don't know. It's kind of strange because they know like where you live and they'd probably have like a lot more personal details on you than other websites would. Right. It's just, it's just such a strange like clause to add in. It's like, are they <laughs> expecting it, or is it just like that's just just in case, like a like a fail safe to sabotage their users and save their company? I don't know. Exactly, just... I know. <laughs> yeah, it really feels like they're sabotaging everybody, right? Like even if yeah. they get out of the bankruptcy, everybody's going to be unhappy that their they're gonna, been sold. Going to hate them. Yeah. If you if you start seeing advertisements in your in your inbox for. Uh, Airbnb uh, alternatives or subsidiaries, then you know you know why. <laughs> For sure. Oh dear. Um, yep. Yeah. And then one last one is a lot. So on your browser, you can set a header that's called DNT. So it's do not track header, and this makes it so websites aren't really allowed to track your like your privacy data. They're not allowed to like take your data and use it or just to add on to like, so that do not track header. So that's like sometimes on your browser settings, you can have a little option enabled where all your, he'll say just like, Oh, tell websites to not track us. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so it's a setting, but um, a lot of websites specifically say in their terms and conditions that they do not respect this header and will track you anyway. So I guess they can just do what they want. They don't give a damn. No, they don't give a damn. Have you seen that story about that that woman who won 10k for reading the terms and conditions? 10k. <laughs> yeah, she won 10,000. Okay, so here's, so here's 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 the dealio. So, pretty much this travel company, oh this travel insurance company, uh, were doing this. Well, they're doing a promotion because pretty much they had problems where people weren't reading the terms and conditions, and like trying to file for like travel insurance when they didn't like it wasn't. That's like they're not allowed to. They can't. So it's like invalid claims. So they made this competition so that they put a clause into the deep, like the very, very end, like the deepest part of their terms and conditions, saying, "If you read this, we will pay you ten thousand dollars." And this woman actually read it, and she got ten thousand dollars. And like, well, I wonder how much, how much longer after like they released it did it get read? Do you know? Uh I think it was. It was. I actually, I actually don't know. Because it'd be funny if they just put it in there and it wasn't until like years later that anybody <laughs> saw it and it was just like, oh, this is a thing. And that would really go to prove their point. Like, yeah, nobody reads these. Well, it says it says here that it was 23 hours after the competition release. But oh, okay, there you go. I mean, I mean, I can imagine, like I've, I've heard other stories, that not, none I can recall immediately, but many stories of like uh, stuff being in like this for years and like sitting there dormantly because like everyone kind of is just like yeah whatever agree yeah, continue move on sure. but um, um I'm, I'm sure that the way it got discovered though the person wasn't actually going through and reading it they would just scroll through random parts of it and you just see like oh ten thousand dollars what's that oh wait no this, this this woman she she's like a she's like an avid reader of terms and conditions oh. like she she's like one of she's one of those interesting <laughs> no. right I see. But, no, but she was one of those but it's definitely like it's it's one of those things that like i think uh, at least, even the even the quote unquote most responsible of of us would still just be skimming through because a lot of the times it is kind of that boilerplate like 
uh, don't use our stuff for illegal exactly <laughs> illegal yeah. like stuff. A, a lot most of our time is more important than reading through terms and most. conditions and <laughs> Key, signing keyword away. Is most <laughs> exactly <laughs> actually that's it <laughs> and reading the itunes terms and conditions mm-hmm. you're, did you know evan that you're not allowed to make nukes with itunes it not is in the terms and conditions you're not allowed to make nukes it, it, it actually says you also agree that you will not use these products for any purpose prohibited by united states law including without limitation the development design manufacture or production of nuclear missile or chemical or biological weapons so um it, don't it, do that don't make it, nukes with itunes so they say like any purpose is prohibited by united states law which is fair enough but then they go on to specifically mention the nuclear bomb I have so, a feeling that they had I, a run-in I, with this before. Exactly. Like, that sort of thing wouldn't exist unless somebody did it, right? But I like, wouldn't even would know even... where to start. <laughs> I mean, not to kind of uh, like overly, like, ambitiously theorycraft here, but maybe they, like, put plans on a, like an iPod with iTunes. But that's even, yeah. that, even that doesn't make sense. It's just, like, it's, they're not correlated. Like, one plays music. And, like, pod, I mean, podcasts. It plays podcasts. Mm, we're make talking a podcast about it now. <laughs> make a podcast called How to Build a Nuke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really interesting, though. But I wonder how many things like that would be in terms and conditions that you would just never see. It's, it's, it's definitely, like, stuff they add in as, like, specific, like, case clauses where they've included it. Well, also, maybe it's just, like, they've just thought of it as, like, some sort of risk or something that yeah, they... Yeah, definitely they, just trying to they're cover weird. themselves. Yeah. Even, um... <laughs> It, I mean, on the on the less serious end of it, Amazon, uh, they they they've made a game engine called Lumberyard, uh, and in, in in the terms and conditions for using this game engine for development, there's a clause pretty much saying, if you, you can't use it for anything life critical, so like nothing for like military applications, medical equipment, etc., uh, unless there's a zombie apocalypse. So, unless there's a zombie apocalypse. Unless well. there's. A, and it doesn't say zombie apocalypse. It just says it in like the the, the like quote unquote like, so like real it, terms. It implicates zombies, like you know. Yes, it says like eating. unless the, the dead rise and okay, uh, it's a vi- it's a virus spreads that turns the dead to zo- like living, walking, biting, uh, whatever. It says something okay, like that. Sure. I'm sure there are people who know about this hanging out to use it for that specific purpose. Yeah, they've. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think they're actually just trying to cover the fact that it's like it is a game engine, so they don't want people making like certain like software with it. But it's just like, why add that extra bit? <laughs> like, I guess because like no one the conditions. <laughs> yeah, having fun with it, but we won't be laughing when the zombies rise up. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's pretty much everything we had to talk about today. Uh, Evan, would you like to? exit us out of this bad boy yeah alrighty well that brings us pretty much to a lot of the information that we wanted to present so from a personal perspective do you think this is going to change how you look at terms and conditions I mean I still won't read them mm. <laughs> but I think I maybe I'll use like Tostia just to like kind of yeah, it is a handy out. tool. So, it, I don't know. It's kind of a hard problem to fix, though, right? Because a lot of people just aren't going to read these things. So, yeah. do you think there is a better way of implementing it so people would be more aware? 
I don't know. It's I don't think so. It's kind of hard because it's like it is like a very legal thing that way. You have to kind of you have to kind of explicitly state exactly the rules and the guidelines set for using a service. Of and it's, it, there's no concise way of doing that. Mm. And I don't know. It's it, I think it's, it's uh, this is kind of just like the happy medium we're at. But definitely like I think even though like I just said I wouldn't read them. Like it would be good if like everyone was to at least be knowledgeable and like kind of the stuff in, in set in them to a rough degree like knowing what they've signed up for and not kind of just yeah, like tick, sure. tick in the boxes all the time but the, um, just the nature of how we interact with these things nowadays and like making accounts and like using an account every day it's sort of just it's become such like a i don't know we don't really have the time to spend time on it because we oh, no need way. to just get on with it so yeah we're in a fast way actually i even saw a post um, a, a news article saying, sorry, that um, it, it would take you 76 years, 76 days, sorry, 76 days to read all the terms and conditions for all the software people use on average each right. year. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's fairly unrealistic. So that's why I'm kind of on the side of like, just be like for the big ones, the stuff that's like fairly like integral to like what your day to day is, mm-hmm. like keep in t- like, and if, especially if you're giving out information to them, that is like fairly critical. So like some services will take your like bank details if you do payments yeah, and yeah, stuff like sure. that. You just, you just want to be a bit like a bit careful. Just make sure you're not signing up for them selling that kind of stuff. And it's definitely uh, like it's it's an effort from both sides. Like as much as consumers should be reading terms and conditions more, I think businesses have to do a better job of kind of just telling them the nitty gritty. Like kind of just saying, look, we're going to give you the service, but we may track you. We may do this. We may do that. And kind of just putting it out there in plain text instead of like using the legal mumbo jumbo yeah uh, so that brings up a really good point i think if it was like also a requirement of making terms and conditions to just make like a really concise list of what they believe to be the main parts of it are and just so you know obviously well, if something do. gets like presented to you in like a few dot points you can you're more likely to read that than going through all the legal jargon well like it's some most oh i mean some do i've seen it like, sometimes they have like a summary list where they just have quick dot points okay that's but good. like it, i think it's just in general just i think like everyone kind of over time making so many counts over the years kind of just doesn't really worry about it because it's like oh in the past i've been like nonsense so like changing now is a bit hard but i think over time if like, making a, a progressive effort to make sure they're just as concise and delivering the information as efficiently as possible yeah. is a big is a big goal okay for sure yeah i agree okay so so this has been tricks in the terms and i hope all of you have derived some enjoyment from listening to this and i hope you've learned something uh my name is evan and this is jonathan and this has been uh jonathan and thank you so much for listening uh have a good day